What's up guys, today I'm going to talk about five things that losing poker players do that the pros do not. Let's jump right into it. Alright, so thing number one that losing poker players do that professional pokers do not do is chasing bad draws. Let's talk about this. So what am I talking about with bad draws? I'm talking about gut shot straight draws. I'm talking about weak flush draws. I'm talking about chasing the ass end of the straight. Let's give you an example here. A tag Titan aggressive player raises in early position and you decide to call on the button with 5-4 hearts. Now typically, you know, I would say it's a fairly loose call, but you know, perhaps if there's a recreational player in the blinds, I can certainly get on board with it. Um, but anyways, let's get over that little point and let's go see a flop. So the flop comes down with a 10 of hearts, ace of clubs, nine of hearts. Tag Titan aggressive player makes a C-bet into you and you decide to call. I mean, I would say it's a fairly standard play here. I definitely think we need to be peeling in this situation here. I don't think a raise is going to have much effect on a board like this because this clearly smacks the range of a Titan aggressive player who raised an early position very, very hard. If you don't understand the technical side of that, it's just just reading my free poker cheat sheet. That'll be the top link in the description below to understand the positions at the poker table better. But anyways, let's go see a turn. Turn comes with a seven of diamonds and the tag player chooses to bet again. He double barrels into you and let's assume a decent bet size here of 70% of the pot, 80% of the pot and so on. You decide to call, but why? What is our plan here? How do we expect to actually win this pot on the river? Guys, we need to understand here, we're only gonna hit our flush on the river 20% of the time. We do not have pot odds, mathematical odds in this situation to be calling another bet here on the turn. The other thing is there's almost no way we're going to be able to win this pot by bluffing on the river because once again, we're facing a tight and aggressive player who opened from early position where their range is by far the tightest. On a board like this, which absolutely absolutely smacks their range when they've double barreled into us. We're simply going to be screwed a lot of the time. And finally, we're chasing one of the lowest flush draws, meaning that this player could have a hand like ace queen of hearts, for example, and a heart comes on the river and we are royally screwed. So guys, for all of these reasons, please understand that you have to learn how to gauge the strength of your draw versus your opponent's range in a situation like this. We are literally throwing money away here by just calling down with bad draws in situations like this. If you wanna do something interesting here, think about raising on the turn or the flop, or just think about throwing away your hands now here on the turn. Let's move on to thing number two that losing poker players do that professional poker players do not do, and that is calling three bets too much out of position. Once again, if you don't know what the positions of the poker table mean I have a free cheat sheet in the description below. I've also written several books on the game if this stuff is still fuzzy to you, you don't understand it on a deeper level. But bottom line, when I talk about being out of position, I'm talking about you're going to be first to act on the flop, turn, and river. This is a massive statistically proven disadvantage in poker because you do not have any information. You have to work in the dark. You have to guess essentially what your opponent is going to do. And this is why calling out a position with versus three bets preflop. A three bet, by the way, is when you raise preflop and then somebody else re-raises you. Calling out a position in a spot like this is typically bad with hands like small pocket pairs, mid pocket pairs, and what I call trap hands, which is what we're gonna discuss in the example right here. What is a trap hand, by the way? It's specifically hands like king jack offsuit here. I would say that ace jack offsuit, queen jack, and hands like this are trap hands. And why do I call them trap hands? 
because you are very likely to be out kicked versus a three betting range. For example, with a hand like King Jack, when somebody three bets us pre-flop, there is a very high likelihood that they have a hand like Ace King or King Queen, which have us in really, really bad shape going to the flop. So you raise from middle position with the aforementioned King Jack offsuit and another, let's just say a tight and aggressive player once again, three bets you on the button, which should you be doing here? Well, again, let's review the situation here. We're gonna be first to act on the flop, turn and river. What should we be doing in a spot like this? I would suggest as I teach my students to simply fold your hand right here, right now. A lot of losing poker players on the other hand will make a call. And what I always ask is what is your actual plan here? What are you hoping to accomplish? What flops are actually going to be good for King Jack here? Guys, bottom line, unless you hit two pair or better, you're probably gonna be in bad shape with a trap hand like King Jack here. And that is why the best thing that you can possibly do right now is to end this debacle and simply fold your hand right now and look for a better spot. So thing number three that losing poker players do that rich poker professionals do not do is they never improve their game. Guys, I've talked about this many times on the channel before. Poker pros spend hours and hours away from the tables, reviewing their hands, finding their leaks, studying their game, improving. They hire coaches, they read books, they invest in training courses. All of my recommendations for all of that will be included in the description below as always. Bottom line, guys, as I always say, how can you ever expect to improve at poker if you're never learning from your mistakes or increasing your skill level away from the table? Guys, there is a reason why professional athletes, for example, spend hours and hours away from the tables working on their jump shot, watching game film, and so on. It's so that they can improve their performance when it comes to game time. The same thing applies in poker. You can't just show up at the poker table and expect to win each time because the game is always changing. People are getting better and, and therefore you need to be getting better. You need to be working on your game actively away from the tables. I suggest a one-to-one -one ratio, especially for beginner poker players. And that means for every one hour of play at the table, you should be spending one hour studying your game. Again, all my recommendations will be in the description below. All right, so thing number four that losing poker players do that winning professional poker players do not do is they're always trying to play extra fancy, what we call FPS, fancy play syndrome. And that is essentially always looking for the super advanced play, the deep 10th level thinking that they saw Daniel Negreanu do on TV one time when actually the most simple play is the most profitable one. Guys, Occam's razor here. We don't need to overcomplicate every single situation in poker. Example, you raise from early position with pocket aces, ace of diamonds, ace of spades, and a lag loose and aggressive player calls you in the big blinds. Flop comes down with an ace of clubs, seven of hearts, and two of diamonds. The lag player checks to you. What should you do here? Guys, just make a bet. You know, a lot of people will try to get tricky here. They want to check behind and be all cagey and whoa, I'm tricky. But why? What is the point? What are you actually hoping to accomplish here other than keeping the pot small for no conceivable reason and allowing this player to hit some lucky card later on so that you can end 
end up losing a big pot and then wondering why you always get bad beats with your pocket aces. Guys, all you need to be doing here is just making a bet in this pot here. You're gonna make a bet on this board with your bluffs, right? So why would you not do it when you have pocket aces or pocket kings in a situation like this? Guys, bottom line, please do not overcomplicate a very, very simple little card game. Just make a bet here. Just do the most obvious play at the poker tables is the most profitable play in literally 99% of situations in small stakes games, which is what the vast majority of you guys watching this video or girls watching this video probably play. As I talk about it in all of my poker books, guys, keep things simple in small stakes games and you're gonna have a lot more success. All right, so thing number five that losing poker players do that poker pros do not is they miss clear value bets on the river. And guys, this is an absolute catastrophe because you need to always remember that pots on average are always the highest on the river. Well, makes sense, of course, right? All of the betting that's gone before you get to the river, it's the final street. And therefore, if you miss any kind of small bet, any amount, that you could have gotten out of your opponent to get them to call you with a worse hand, you're losing a fortune over the long run. Guys, honestly, this is one of the biggest things that separates that handful of small winners from everybody else. Again, we're talking about very large amounts here. We're talking about five big blinds, 10 big blinds, 20 big blinds. This stuff has a catastrophic effect on your long-term win rate when you miss out on value bets like this. Let's give you an example. You raise it up from the button with two black nines and a recreational player calls you in the big blind. Dream situation, I talk about this all the time, we always wanna be playing against these players where the money comes from poker. Flop comes down with an ace of hearts, five of hearts, eight of spades. Certainly not the greatest flop of all time for pocket nines, but clearly we are still way ahead of the range of a recreational player who is likely playing as much as 50% of all hands dealt to them in a situation like this. So when the rec player checks here, they're gonna be first to act. We go ahead and make a bet. Very, very standard stuff. There's not really a whole lot to talk about. Again, make the simple play as we just talked about. So let's go to the turn. Turn comes down with a queen of diamonds. The rec player checks to you. What should we be doing here? Well, I think there's a bit of room for debate here. You certainly could make a thin bet in this situation here, but I do think this is definitely a spot for pot control as well. There's now two overcards on the board to our pocket nines. You know, and as I talk about in my books all the time, is that we're going to get that thin value in on the river anyways. So let's assume we do check behind in this situation, river comes down with the eight of clubs, the rec player checks. What should we be doing here? A lot of people will simply check behind here. They get all gun shy. Oh, the, the rec player, they have to have an ace or a queen. I'm just gonna lose again if I make a bet here. Guys, you need to remember that those hands are only a small part of the range. You cannot allow recent results as well to cloud your decision making in this spot as well. Let's review the hand here. We disguised the strength of our hand on the turn by checking behind here. That's creating deception value as I talk about in my latest book, The Microstakes Playbook. We always wanna be cashing that in on the river. We get 
get a great river card like this, which pairs the middle card here with the eight. And the rec player checks to us again. Guys, remember this player is going to have so many missed draws in this situation. So many worse pair hands. And honestly, a player type like this will simply call you down with a hand like King High routinely here because they are simply fed up with losing and they always want to play the sheriff role and look you up. And that's why I also suggest in thin value spots like this, we just bet a small amount, 20% of the pot, 30% of the pot. We don't want to blast it here at all. We just want to bet a small amount in order to get this player to call down with their king 10, their king jack, hands like this, a five, for example, some sort of missed flush draw because they want to call you down with that. Guys, I also talk about this in modern small stakes, adjust your river value bet size to the range that you put them on. Guys, bottom line, you cannot miss a value bet in this situation because all of these small missed bets on the river here add up in a massive way on the long run and absolutely destroy your long-term win rate. So guys, make sure you're getting your value bets in. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this poker podcast episode. If you want to know my complete strategy for beating small and mid-stakes poker games, make sure you go grab a copy of my free poker cheat sheet that's available on my website at blackrain79.com. And also make sure you hit like and subscribe here to the podcast as I'm putting out new episodes every single week to help you guys quickly get beating your poker games. I wish you guys all the best at the poker tables. I'll catch you next week. This has been Nathan Williams with BlackRain79.com.